Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hike the trail? Check. Order takeout? Check. Schedule heart checkup? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe. Welcome to Is This Real Life? a podcast that relates the quirkiest aspects of pop culture and reality TV to our own lives. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. Happy Vanderpump Rules premiere week. My guest this week is Heather Absher from the Bunch of Mom Sense podcast. We get into everything, all of the latest Bravo gossip, and we get into breaking down Vanderpump Rules, The Real Housewives of New Jersey, and the final reunion episode of The Real Housewives of Dallas. Just a quick note that I'm off next week and then back the week after with a really incredible guest. And I'm actually thinking about going from bi-monthly episodes back to weekly episodes. So would love to hear from you guys. If you're interested in hearing from this podcast weekly, just send me a message on Instagram or on Twitter. Uh, it's at Mandy Slutsker or at ITRL underscore podcast on either of those social media platforms. Also, if you like the podcast, be sure to rate and subscribe on iTunes. Uh, that really helps the podcast out. I appreciate you guys so much and enjoy this week's episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 79. I am here with Heather Absher from the Bunch of Mom Sense podcast. How are you doing, Heather? Hi, Mandy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing great. And you are based in Dallas, so can't wait to discuss the season finale with you. I know. I'm excited. Born and raised here. Born and raised in Texas, God's country. Oh, yes. Gotta love <laughs> we it. like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get into uh, all of the franchises this week, wanted to talk about some breaking Bravo news. So two things, uh, both Danielle Staub announced that she's leaving New Jersey and never returning. That's not very shocking. And then Erica Jane made her Broadway debut in Chicago, the show. And then the real thing I wanted to talk to you about is Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. There is a rumor going around that the fight between the cast is actually because Denise Richards and Brandy Glanville had been hooking up for a few months earlier this year. And Denise had apparently led Brandy to believe she was in an open marriage to Aaron. And when allegedly confronted about this affair during the cast trip to Rome, she freaked out and quit filming. Have you heard about this? And what do you think? I have read all this online and I am, I don't know, I guess I'm a little shocked. I know that her and Brandy were friends, but I was a little surprised that there was like a relationship beyond just a friendship. So I find that very interesting, especially since Denise just got married and her husband's super hot. <laughs> I know, I know. It's, I mean, the thing that's unusual to me would be why he wouldn't know about it. Mm -hmm. You know, if she's in this open marriage and they're cool with it, there's no problem. But, you know, it, I don't 
think Brandy is a huge liar. I just think she's messy. Totally agree. I, I, I do think there's some truth in this and it'll be interesting to watch how it plays out. And I don't know, just for her to be a newlywed, I guess that's why I was a little surprised. So, um, but no, I definitely think Brandy is a truth teller too. I know. I just, I feel bad for judging Denise so much, but she was married to Charlie Sheen, you know, and you can't, you're not an angel if you do that. <laughs> no way. She, I'm sure she has seen a lot of things and done a lot of things probably that we have not. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't not. like she was some goody two shoes who married this bad right. boy. So, right. um, and then Camille and Denise's rep denied the story, but it sounds like other people uh, believe it. So getting me kind of excited for Beverly Hills because I had been bored last season. Me too. I am very excited. And I loved having Denise as part of the cast. And I'm excited about the two new cast members to see how they're going to play out. And I just adore Kyle Richards and I just adore Lisa Renna. So it definitely is going to be an exciting season, which I think it, like you said, it needed to happen. Yes. And let's head over actually to, I guess it's west of Beverly Hills or north of Beverly Hills now, because Vanderpump (laughs) Rules has moved to the valley. (laughs) Yes, they have. I Googled where they were because I was like, where is this in relation to the restaurants? (laughs) And I don't think it's geographically that far, but because it's behind a big hill or mountain, there's only one way in and one way out is my understanding of why people say, oh, the valley is so far. Right. I don't know. Um, Well, what did you think about the first episode of season eight of Vanderpump Rules? Well, first of all, I was just so happy to see all my friends again. <laughs> I know. I know. That's how I feel. <laughs> and I was really hesitant about the new cast members, to be honest. I didn't know how if I was going to like them at first, but I really have to say I love Dana. I, I really liked her from the get-go. I did, too. I appreciate it. I don't think she is – she seemed like she was handpicked by production, so mm-hmm. it's not like she's someone who just naturally was friends with them and made it their way into the group. But she also didn't sleep her way into the group like Brittany. So, right. you know, interesting. So Dana, for those of you uh, who watched last season, was there the night that all of the girls were in Solving and all the guys went out to party. And Peter ended up in the bathroom at a hotel with one of these girls, and that happened to be Dana. And he brought it up on uh, this week's episode, and she denied anything happened in the bathroom. That was interesting. It was very interesting, and I kind of believe her. I don't don't know. He seemed so shocked. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, we we didn't? That is true. He did seem very shocked. But I don't know. She's just so confident in herself that I kind of believed her. So I guess we'll find out. I'm sure the truth will come out. Yeah. Or maybe everyone will forget about it because there's so much other drama going on. Um, So the the episode starts out with the two Toms arriving at Tom Tom in their motorcycle and sidecar. And I love the idea that they actually drive this. I hope it's not just for show. I hope they do this on the rig. Like, This is so funny just to see them in that concoction. I love it, too. I I hope it is for real, too. And we see them, you know, the new cast members, specifically Dana and Max. And I can't figure out who Max looks like. Like, who do you think he looks like? He does have a familiar face now that you say that. I don't know, though. I've been trying to pin it, and I can't. Yeah, we're, uh, it'll come to us, I think, as the season goes on. Like, he's tall and skinny, kind of like Adam Levine, but not – like, he's much more clean cut. I don't know. I can't, I can't yes. pin it. It's been driving me crazy. So Max is the um, manager at TomTom, and Dana is used to work at TomTom and is transferring to Sir. And so now that she technically doesn't work for him anymore, they hooked up. <laughs> Of course. (laughs) And Max, I think he slept his way onto the show because he used to date Sheena briefly. And she says that she gifted him an Apple Watch 
and he didn't even have the decency to text her back on said Apple Watch. (laughs) (laughs) This is so classic Sheena right there. (laughs) I love Sheena. I think everyone has finally come around to her. I think so, too. And yes, I mean, I know we'll get to the party later, but it just it never fails. Her She's crying. so funny. <laughs> I, I don't know if she means to be funny, but she is. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. And so then they pivot to Sir, which is just down the block. And we find out that only Jax and Sheena are working at Sir, that Brittany, Lala, Katie, and who else? And Ariana now no longer work at Sir. We all know they get paid enough on the show as is, and they all have their own business ventures, and there's really no need for them to pretend to work at this restaurant. But to keep the story going, they had to keep two people around, so they kept around (laughs) Sheena and Shax, who, like, the funniest part, he's like, someone has to pay for this wedding, as if the bills from Sir are really going to help pay for his wedding. I know. (laughs) And we meet Brett, the new guy uh, who's working at Sir, and oh, my young listeners will will laugh at me for not knowing this, but he did date someone very famous, and I think her name is Carly, and I can't remember her last name, uh, but she is a makeup YouTube star, like oh. a very famous one, and I find that kind of interesting. Very interesting. So he kind of already had a little step into this industry, I guess. I think so. I wonder how long they dated because she is like a big YouTube personality and is always on Instagram and showing her life. So I wonder if people like had a, you know, he might attract some new younger watchers of the show. Got it. That's just what I would think about his production. So he, um, Sheena's showing him around And she says the best line of the episode, which is like, so I don't know if you know about this about me, but I'm divorced. Whatever. It doesn't define me. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. I rewound it like three times. It's so good. (laughs) It was funny. Okay. Like, (laughs) well, and she's been divorced for a while. I mean, I've never been divorced, but I think at that point, I'd just be like, I'm single in case you didn't know, you know, or I'm not right. dating anyone. Yeah. Look, divorce is not <laughs> I don't know why she feels the need to tell this guy. Cause like, I never think of Sheena and I'm like, oh, she's divorced. <laughs> like, right. Exactly. <laughs> like she used to be married, whatever. Like it's so funny. And so then they go over and talk to Jax and he asks if they are dating. And she's like, no, he just started here. And then in the confessionals, Brett's like, so she invited me over to play categories. <laughs> <laughs> and they made out and he claims she's a bad kisser, which has led to a whole lot of backlash from Sheena to Brett. She's apparently changing around a music video she's working on based on this accusation. She's been clapping back on Twitter. She claims that he didn't even remember when they had kissed the first time, and now he's just making this up. So, I mean, I it's kind of low. I, you got, I mean, even if she was, which I doubt she is, I think she's probably got a lot of experience. <laughs> but <laughs> I just don't know why you would – I don't know. I just think he was – making it. It was a low blow, I think. I think so, too. And uh, the other person working at Sir is Raquel, who claims that her beauty pageant training has prepared her to work in the restaurant industry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, but her scenes are just so funny to me because it's like she doesn't blink. When she's talking to someone, her eyes are just like, it's like she never blinks. It's like, I don't know, it's like a robot almost. She does seem sort of robot-y. And also almost too pure for the show Mm -hmm. in a weird way. I don't know what it is. She just seems to be kind-hearted and just not not like these other people. I know. Um, So what are your thoughts on the whole Jax and Tom Sandoval stuff where Jax thinks Tom hasn't been a good enough best man for not coming to his pre-bachelor party, which isn't a thing, and wants to downgrade him to a groomsman? You know, I think 
and I think I heard this on Watch What Happens Live last night or after the episode, but I have to say, I think Jax is like the bridezilla in this relationship or this like preparation for marriage because I think Tom Sandoval is got to be a really good friend. I mean, just to see how much he has done for his friendship and partnership with the other Tom. And he's just so into the details that come with a friendship, I guess. You know, he's always like thinking ahead and making situations perfect whenever he's been asked to participate in other weddings and Schwartz's wedding and even the opening of Tom Tom, how much thought he put into the motorcycle and their outfits. I don't know. I just think he's a good friend. I don't know. Jax is just, he's too sensitive. It's also, they did a flashback and Brittany was narrating like, oh, Jax did all this stuff to Tom and Tom did all this stuff to Jax, but they're still friends. But everything that was shown was Jax doing horrible things to Tom and Tom reacting to those horrible things. I agree. Like, it's like Jax, it's like... He's such a he's such a crappy human being. Oh, he really is. He is such a narcissist. He has so much anger. I don't even know how they're all friends with him. I don't know how Brittany puts up with him. I mean, him whining and complaining about Tom Sandoval and Brittany's just sitting there listening. I, I just would not have the patience. I mean, bless her heart. <laughs> I don't know. I've, I'm starting to think she's not as sweet as she comes across i had a um an empath on the show jamie stein before who did kind of a read um on different different people on the show and he always said that there is a lot more darkness in britney and if you take away her accent who is she really and what does her behavior show Hmm. and look at what she's considered acceptable for her and for Jax and all the time she stood by him she's saying this behavior is okay yeah she does make a lot of excuses for him so many on watch what happens live after the premiere she was like giggling and trying to close his mouth when he was saying he was saying really like homophobic stuff about Ariana yes you know it's just so stupid Mm-hmm. You know, and she's just kind of laughing it off. And I, I get like it's uncomfortable and that's a response to being uncomfortable is laughter. But I don't know how you could be with someone like that. I could not. But <laughs> I could I'll, not. I'll power to her on that. <laughs> I wish them all the best. <laughs> um, so then we've got the Stassi and Kristen issue, which I think is going to be a big plot line in season eight so Stassi and Kristen and Katie used to be BFFs and they've had their trials over the years but they've always Stassi and Kristen especially have always stayed close but Kristen her and Carter like on and off and she keeps breaking up with him but he still lives with her and Stassi's just sick of it she's just totally sick of it and I love – so she comes over to Kristen's, and she's like, the thing about Kristen is her outward appearance mimics, like, how she's feeling on the inside. Whereas when I feel terrible, I put on blush. <laughs> <laughs> so typical Stassi. And I'm like, Stassi, most people look like shit when they feel like shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe you should try leaving L.A. <laughs> It's like she's pointing out that Kristen looks, and Kristen did look pretty terrible. Um, so that was that was interesting to see her just look so not put together and know that there are cameras coming and just I feel bad for Kristen. She seems to like not be able to to get her. I don't know what she's not happy. She's not happy with Carter. She's not happy with Art Car- out Carter, and she's in this purgatory. Um, that just will not end. No, I agree. And I I don't know. I I do feel for her because that is hard. I think when you're trying to make a a life change, but at the same time, I just wish she had a little bit more confidence in herself to like close the door on that chapter. Cause I feel like even with James, when they broke up, it kind of dragged on a little bit longer than it needed to, too. Same with when her and Tom Sandoval broke up. She wouldn't let that go. (sighs) She just seems like she needs some mental health support and so clean break from Carter and that she's very weak and needs to rely on she's almost like codependent 
So she has to have somebody and no one else is around. So she goes back to Carter, who then provides just enough support for her to keep going, but not enough to be an equal partner in the relationship. Right. And I just think that, um, I was like, I was sorry, I lost my train of thought, but even, you know, it's like he knows that he is kind of leading her on or using yes. her at his convenience, like even at the party later on in the episode when he was leaving and the way that he so you know, said creepy. goodbye. Um, but the other thing I was going to say that I was going to say originally was I just think she's one of those girls that has a hard time being by herself. And I just I just she just needs to probably take some time once they do officially break up just to like be by herself and like get comfortable with that. It takes a lot of time. I mm-hmm. I used to not be comfortable just being in a room alone. I just like being around people all the time. And, you know, as I've gotten older and had different life experiences that have made me want to spend more time alone, I've realized how helpful it is to kind of clear your head. Yes. <sighs> but I do kind of, I mean, where do you, do you empathize more with Stasi or with Kristen? You know, I feel for Kristen at this time, but there's only so much that I can sympathize with Kristen. I feel like she has to eventually like, you know, dust herself off, get back up on her two feet and move on. And if she keeps dragging this out and playing the me, me, me game, I don't have the patience for that. Then I'm like, then I will side with Stassi because I'm a little bit like Stassi where I'm like, okay, move on um, and, and get over it. And it, I don't know, it just kind of exhausts me when someone just constantly wants you to feel sorry for them. I definitely empathize with Stassi because I'm thinking, you know, this was filmed, you know, a couple months after the reunion. And at the reunion, it sounded like there had been months and months of the back and forth between Kristen and Carter. And so I can only imagine, like, we're getting close to, like, five months here of this nonsense. Right. Any friend would be frustrated, especially when you spend hours and hours with them, listening to them cry, and then as soon as you leave, they call that guy again to come over. And it's just, I know we'll get into it later with Lala talking about how he's really sort of mooching off of her and living in her house and eating her food and, you know, (laughs) it's kind of crazy. Well, and I get why Stassi and um, Katie were getting annoyed even at the reunion with, you know, Carter using her. But at the same time, I don't think that Kristen was understanding what Stassi was trying to tell her in the episode that if you want to be with Carter, that's fine. But don't say your status is one thing and then tell other people or behave in another way that don't support what you're telling us as your friends. So I don't know that Kristen was really understanding that. And I felt like Stassi was saying like, hey, if you want to be with him, be with him, but just be like honest about it. Totally. And also, I think she was frustrated last season and everything about how Kristen's relationship with Carter while it was filmed was never shown in a negative light. It just kind of, they always seemed that they were sort of coasting, whereas you could see the fights between Stassi and Bo, Katie and Schwartz's relationship has been like, you've seen the worst of the worst. Right. And so I think they're kind of like, hey, we bear it all. And you, when cameras are around, somehow make it seem like everything's great. And when cameras aren't around, you tell us how awful everything is. And so I think there is sort of a sense on... with the cast that some members of the cast are more honest and real on TV and others aren't. There's just, Mm -hmm. and I think none of them all agree on who's real and who's not. Right. No, I agree with you. And so then uh, we find out that Lala is seven months sober. (laughs) Like, okay. I mean, that's wonderful. It really is. I'm more interested in seeing like James Kennedy's sobriety story because we've seen James Kennedy drunk and have a lot of problems as a result of his drinking. Whereas Lala claims that she has an alcohol problem and I believe her, but I haven't seen, I've seen her rage. I haven't seen her like inebriation before. Right. You know, right. So we just have to take it at face value, but we've, I've never seen. So, and I'm also like, was it only alcohol? Because when she was in Mexico last year and, like, wanted people to touch her, 
that really felt like it was drugs. Like just uh, yeah, it was, <laughs> no, I, I, it was a little strange. I definitely agree. Something else was going on there. Yeah. So I don't know. She's one that I, I don't think is always telling the truth, but we shall see. Uh, yes, we shall. So then we get to Schwartz and Katie's chill housewarming party. What do you think of all their houses? They all do look alike from the outside. <laughs> no, they're all like white, a couple million dollars in this exact same neighborhood and valley village. You know, I'm ex- I'm happy for them. You know, good for them. They've saved their money from the show and obviously have decided to enter adulthood as far as like, you know, buying a house or putting money into property that they own. So good for them. I'm excited for them. It, it, I'm interested to see how it's going to maybe change the dynamic of the show. But I mean, if we're still if it still revolves around their lives and they're still messy, then I'm all here for it. I don't care where they live. <laughs> I kind of appreciate looking at how nice the houses are. And I'm sure, you know, very few of these cast members were brought up with wealth. And so I'm sure they're just loving it, you know? Like, look at what we've done. We are these stupid kids on a show, and the show, you know, made it big. And that that's great. I feel like for a while they've been kind of pretending to work at the restaurant and kind of maintain the first few seasons, like that sort of style. But we all know they've made a lot of money from this show. And so why not just see the money that they have? Just, you know, break break the fourth wall a little. I totally agree. I know when Ariana and Tom started looking for a house last season, I was so happy for them because if anyone needed to move, it was them with the, out of that apartment where, I mean, the, you'd run the microwave and something else would go wrong oh, or something in that house. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you couldn't have the AC or the fan on at the same time uh, as the microwave. Yes. Oh my god! In that apartment, that was the apartment that Tom and Kristen lived in together. I know. I cannot oh. believe Ariana stayed there as long as she did with Tom. No. <laughs> and what's so interesting, and this really stuck with me, was Tom was trying to tell Jax, "Listen, Ariana and I aren't going to get married, and we're not having children." And so our really big thing and our way of showing commitment to one another is to buy this house together. This is us stepping into adulthood. It's really exciting for us. And how Jax sort of was one-upping him. But that's just Jax. Yeah. I mean, I think with everything. But yeah. It just really – I felt bad for Sandoval because, Mm -hmm. you know, him and Ariana, this was their thing, buying a house. Like – They were very frugal with their money. They were saving all the time. They were living in this crappy apartment all so that one day they could buy a really nice house. And then they look for a beautiful, beautiful home and they buy a gorgeous home. And then Jax is like, oh, ours is this many more square feet. Ours has this. Ours has that. And it's like, oh, well, we are going to have kids and we're going to have kids. So we need more places to put the kids. And it's like, stop it. (laughs) I know. But I did love it when Ariana just said it in her interview, you know, that she knows now who the followers are are and who the leaders are. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, that's right. That is so true. So true. And so – you know, Tom comes up to Jax and says, hey, like, what's going on with you not wanting to, me to be your best man anymore? And Jax gives him all this bullshit about how he hasn't been there for him. And Tom's like, I texted you. I was telling you, even while I was out of town, hey, buddy, just like, let me know how else I can help out. And he's like, you replied to my text and then pulls out his phone. <laughs> and then Jax <laughs> was like, uh, okay. Like, you can be best man, and they, like, hug it out. Meanwhile, Lala confronts Carter about the situation with Kristen and is saying, you know, you're living off of her. She's your sugar mama, which is, you know, at least Lala pointed out it was hypocritical because she lives off of Randall's money. Mm-hmm. But um, that was really interesting once she realized – that whatever Kristen has been telling her has just been one side and that, you know, what did you think of all that, of Lala inserting herself? I thought it was a little strange that out of everyone that could have confronted him, confronted Carter, that it was her. But I was like, you go, girl. I mean, I'm glad someone out of 
you know, Kristen's friends decided to say something to him. I don't know that it really registered with him. I don't think he cares, but I was proud of her for sticking up for her friend. Same. And I enjoyed it. I I mean, she's got to do something to like, you know, get things going. And so the two new guys are hanging out in the kitchen. And one of them used to date Sheena, Max, and the other one was potentially interested in Sheena. And they're just gossiping about her. And Max tells Brett that Sheena's kind of boy crazy. And, you know, but he he went along with it and all that stuff. And Katie's overhearing them and just goes directly to Sheena and is like, they're talking about you. Which led to a whole situation where Sheena's crying and is like, I'm not boy crazy. I'm not crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I love Sheena. I'm so happy that in real life she found a boyfriend. Oh, me too. And I hope this works out for her. But yeah, I was – I mean – the, the with Katie listening was so funny, and then she goes and tells Sheena, which is so typical of everyone. But yeah, Sheena crying in the kitchen. I was like, here we go. <laughs> it's like it, and then Dana's watching all of this because she's interested in Max. I mean, but do you think she's really interested in Max? I don't think she's really interested. I think she's just. I don't. I, I don't know that she's social climbing though either. I don't know what to call it. Uh, I couldn't put a finger on it but they didn't seem to have a lot of chemistry no at all no I don't I don't think so either it felt like something was unsaid and that like she was looking at him waiting for him to say it and he was looking at her waiting for her to say it and it was almost an animosity it was weird it was so weird (laughs) and then the it was weird the whole thing ends with you know, the girls confronting Kristen and like, hey, you keep telling us all this stuff about Carter. And then it's not all true. Like you call him and you ask him to help out and you don't want him to leave and you want him to leave. And, you know, what are we like? Just be real with us. And she ends up just storming out. Typical so. Kristen. Yep. I just it's so hard to watch. I just want to I don't know. I feel like a family member needs to come in and live with her for a few weeks while she has like a permanent break from Carter. Yes. You know, like yes. just make sure she showers and helps give her something to do. It's like she doesn't have enough structure or something, you know? I, no, I think you're completely right about that. Oh, it's just, you know, and get her on some sort of mental health regimen. Make sure she's actually in therapy with someone that's useful. <laughs> It's like giving her some sort of direction. Oh, it's just rough to watch her. Are you excited for the season? I am. When they previewed the rest of the season, I got very, very excited. And I cannot, I don't know why, but the whole Tom Sandoval getting arrested was like, what? I know. I still can't figure out what that is. I rewound it and we'd watched it because I I was like, am I, is this a joke? Is this for real? Are these real police officers? I don't, there's so much, like so many questions I have. And when Stassi sits up in the bed and she's like, I'm shooketh. It's like, what, what was that about? I know. You know? Makes you wonder. So much. I am, I am excited to see the wedding only to see Lance Bass officiate, but I'm not really that excited to keep listening to Brittany talk about getting married and Jax as the groomzilla. Yeah, me either. And I feel like we saw so much of their wedding on social media and and just on different publication websites that I don't know. I'm not as excited as I feel like I've been in the past when it's been kept more of hush hush and secret and you really haven't seen a lot of images from it. Right. Like Shep live streamed it. (laughs) Yes. They were pissed about that. I heard. I, I and mean, I would have been too. I mean, I would have been I so mad. Oh, Shep. Shep, what the hell is happening with Southern Charm? Nobody oh my knows. Gosh. Nobody knows. I, I feel like it, they stopped filming or, right? Yeah. Production stopped. And they're saying that they have nothing, that everyone's either getting along or there's nothing new going on. And they were looking for some new cast people. I don't know, Thomas Ravenel can't stop tweeting and commenting on things. Drives me nuts. I really despise that man. Yeah, he's a mess. But, yeah, I didn't really care for last season, so it will be interesting to see what happens. 
Um, so shall we go across the country to New Jersey? Yes. Oh, my God. How long have you been watching The Real Housewives of New Jersey? So I watched it very loyal, loyal at the beginning. And then I stopped watching, I think, when all the Banzo girls left. I kind of didn't. I, I just wasn't as interested. And then I got back into it about two years ago, maybe three three seasons ago. So this is the constant thing I, I hear from almost everyone is that in the beginning, they absolutely loved it. Then they kind of fell away from it for a few years and kind of came back when Marge came back. Yes, that's or when, when I came Marge back. Marge was introduced. So that's when I started watching. And I only half watched that first season with Marge. You know, I paid a little bit of attention, but I didn't fully understand what was going on. And Siggy Flicker was on the cast, and she would talk about anti-Semitism in a way that I thought was really unhelpful um, as a Jew. <laughs> so I was like, I can't deal with this shit. <laughs> no, I didn't really care for her lady. either. She's nuts. She's absolutely nuts. And you look at her on social media now, and she just is bonkers. The lady is just completely unhinged. And... I got way more into it, I think it was last season, with Jackie and Jennifer, who I think are fabulous housewives. I love Jennifer. Jackie, I could do without. I'm fine with her, but I'm okay if she left next season, though, too. Really? I I like her. I just, I do. Um, I appreciate that she's really well-educated and just says things the way they are and has not afraid of Teresa the way everyone else is so goddamn afraid of Teresa kiss the throne I'm sick of that Mm -hmm. but Jennifer wow no I applaud Jackie for that too I guess I just got a little irritated with her this season like dragging the whole Teresa thing out at the beginning of the season it was just like okay let's just move on (laughs) yeah yeah but but no Jennifer I, I I wasn't I was I was indifferent about her last season, but this season, I really, really like her. I know. She came on too strong last season, bragging about her mansion with 16 bathrooms and her husband's a plastic surgeon. This season, you're seeing a more kooky side of her. She's kind of funny. She, You know, just the fact that she did all this plastic surgery because she hates working out. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, that's funny. That's so funny. And she seems to be a very sweet mother who's very in touch with her kids and wants to be honest with them. And this whole plot line with her brother being gay and her mother not acknowledging it is really, I think, a very relatable situation. And so you're seeing her, she's very traditional, Jennifer is, and her marriage and her family and all of that but yet she's embracing her brother and it's sort of this old world, new world and they're kind of all growing up and evolving and I appreciate that in her. I do too. I love how she is with her children and I love, I I do love how open and honest she is with her kids. I think that's so important and I'm interested to see how this is going to play out with her mom. But yeah, when they previewed, you know, what's coming up, uh, it looks like we're going to see more of that storyline. So um, I'm proud of how she's handling all that with her, with her daughter. Yeah. And I love is like, we talk more through this because I think Jersey's centered around family and they show kids on this Um, franchise more than other franchises like you forget some of the women are moms on Dallas but you never forget it on Jersey and so as a mom and as you know a mom who podcasts like just love to hear your thoughts on all their parenting styles and and everything well it's so funny because before I had children and I first was watching the franchises I didn't really want to see anyone's kids I was annoyed by that but now that I am a mom I enjoy seeing how they interact with their families and honestly I like it that the Jersey women keep it real with their kids you're not seeing anything that's I I just think you see real life like in this most recent episode the way Jennifer's kids are behaving with their feet on the island or at the bar wherever they are in the kitchen (laughs) 
<laughs> or even Jackie's kids, like, you know, when they're in their kitchen and she's talking to them about healthy eating and the way that they're answering her questions. And it's all, that's real life, honestly. And it's not perfect and it's, it can be messy and it, but it's funny. And I think that it's great to see them, like you said, interact with their kids and have these relationships that show what communication and, and positive communication can look like. Yeah, and I feel like Teresa is an example of the opposite, where she doesn't have clear communication with her kids, or maybe it's too much with Gia and not enough with the younger kids. And I mean, I'm not in a place to judge. Not only am I not a mom, but I've never had to deal with a husband who's incarcerated, who's in ICE custody, and how do you tell your 9-year-old versus your 17-year-old? You know, it's it's difficult, but I feel like she errs on the side of not saying everything, and Jennifer errs on the side of just being honest and truthful, and I just appreciate Jennifer's style a bit more. Yes, I identify with Jennifer's style way more than I do Teresa's. I mean, even at the Easter lunch they had, and the youngest of Teresa's daughters, like, questioning what was going on, and it just, I agree, like, I feel, and I've never been in that situation that Teresa's in either, but I just feel like honesty is really where she needs to be with all of her kids, and just break it down in a way that makes sense for whatever age they are to make it age appropriate, but again, the whole conversation with um, Joe over the phone, and Gia's witnessing some of that, I just don't think that some of that needs to be aired out. I mean, obviously, they're both frustrated, Joe and Teresa, but there's just some things I just don't think your kids need to overhear you discussing. Right. But at the same time, I feel like she's probably, Gia grew up watching her dad sort of put her mom down continuously and thought that was acceptable. And now that her mom is speaking out and telling her dad, actually, I paid off of your I paid off your restitution. I'm, you know, making the money. All of the things that I spend, it's money I've made. She's kind of like, "Mom, don't aggravate him anymore." And it's like, "Oh, your father's a monster." <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh god, Gia. I just wanted to like shake her, like, "Stop it." Um speaking of shaking, <laughs> last week we saw the big fight that the ladies had when they were shopping where it wasn't shown but according to marge danielle pushed her ever so slightly and had said a lot of things and uh marge finally poured water on danielle's head and danielle put all of marge's belongings from her purse into a candle that was burning and then walked around grabbed her ponytail and dog walked her which I never really knew what dog walking meant until Monty from Mixing with Monty podcast was like yeah when Cardi B says she'll dog walk you that's exactly what she means yes I heard that on your podcast and now I was like oh okay I get that too so I learned with you (laughs) It's like, oh, yes, she did dog walk her. Yes, she did. And we find out that Marge actually had whiplash, which is not shocking if you watch the footage from having her ponytail ripped and dragged across the room. And Teresa sides with Danielle and everyone else thinks Teresa is crazy. (sighs) What do you I mean? I don't even know what to say about it. It was terrible. And I felt for Margaret, obviously, and I replayed it a couple times. And Danielle just had the biggest smirk on her face the whole time. She's dog walking, Marge. And it's just disgusting. I don't know. I just couldn't believe it. I mean, I could believe it because it's Danielle. But at the same time, it's like when anyone puts their hands on someone, I'm just I just don't understand how it can get to that level. Because that's not my that's not where I go to. So and how could you say that's old school Italian? It's that's, not. That's not. No. That's just, you know, harming someone. <laughs> you know, like, come on. I, I'd i be really pissed off. What I can't figure out is the whole Marty situation. So Danielle and Marty got married last season. They got divorced or they filed for divorce very shortly after their wedding. And Danielle filed like charges like legal paperwork saying that marty uh, emotionally abused her and her children 
and they were living in the same house and she refused to move out because she wants rights to the house and (laughs) did you hear about what he would do to her he would like like with the nest like thermostat control would like make it really hot or really cold and like change like lights and like do things to like mess with her head (laughs) are you serious no I had not heard that (laughs) (laughs) I mean if someone's living in your home and you want them to leave like that's a pretty good way (laughs) I know right get the hint but you know it's his fault this is all his fault for marrying her and not listening to his children's concerns that was always a red flag to me last season when that all came up. Like I was 10 like, red wow. flags. Ugh. I mean, my father's getting married, and at least he asked me if if I was happy with what was going on, you know? I mean, you have to take your – even if your children are adults, you know, they have to be around this person too. And right. if they have a bad sense, they love you. They want you to be happy. They're not, you know, trying to harm you. And so – if they think something is very wrong with the person that you've chosen, then maybe something is very wrong with the person you've chosen. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. <laughs> it's just crazy. So um, then we see uh, Dolores going over to Teresa's to chat, and they discuss whether or not her husband Joe will try and take money from her her if they get divorced and Dolores was like you got to prepare yourself like figure out where that prenup is and you know Teresa said she didn't remember what she signed which wouldn't be the first time not surprising that's how she got in jail yep (laughs) I was just like Teresa (laughs) I know I mean have we ever had a star of a housewives show be the dumbest one <laughs> you know, no, this, she definitely takes the cake. Like you've always got, you had Bethany Frankel on New York. She's brilliant. You've got, you know, Lisa Vanderpump on Beverly Hills. She also is brilliant. Like usually, the main person um, that the show kind of revolves around, the queen bee, is relatively smart. You know, especially right. emotionally smart. They kind of know what's going on. They can use it to manipulate people. And she is just dumb as rocks, and it is painful. It is so painful. I totally agree. I I will say, though, I really did appreciate that scene, though, and how honest and candid Dolores was with her feelings, because I feel like sometimes she plays both sides of the fence with Teresa or kind of is more neutral with Teresa. And I was really I was really proud of Dolores, like really being upfront and honest with Teresa and just shooting her straight. I, I thought that was good, too. And I liked how she took Marge's side in everything that happened. I know she Me heard too. Danielle don't get along, but she's like, hey, this is wrong. This is wrong. Right. And then we see the Envy menswear fashion show, which I love watching Melissa Gorga when she's in her element with this sort of fashion thing. You know, don't she doesn't need any more fake storylines about wanting to have a baby. Just talk about this. I agree. She's such a great girl boss, mom boss, whatever you want to call it to watch. She's an inspiration for her daughter and for so many other women. So confident in herself. But to see how successful she's made this business, I think that's just wonderful. I'm so proud of her. And it seems like it's a real business, you know, Mm -hmm. not like Leanne's dress company or that like Linfinity dress. It's like a real thing. Like it's a store. People can go (laughs) in it. You can buy things off of it online. Oh, man. I don't know. I then then we see um, Jennifer finally kind of going against Teresa and saying, "Hey, just so you know, like throwing water on someone isn't that big of a deal, but grabbing someone by the hair is." And of course, to try and prove her point, Teresa throws water on Jennifer. <laughs> she's nuts. She's insane. That's why. That's why reality TV follows her because she's just crazy. I loved every minute of it. (laughs) I mean, it was pretty funny to watch. I'm glad. And, you know, and then Jennifer's like, well, I didn't pull her hair. Right. (laughs) So that proves my point. (laughs) Exactly. I thought Jennifer handled herself perfectly in that situation and just, you know, let Teresa act the way she wanted to. And Jennifer was like, and this is my reaction. 
nothing. <laughs> totally. Anything else on Jersey? No, you've touched all the points I had written down too. Yeah. Shall we get into the trial of Le- Leanne Locken? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Let's just face it. This wasn't really a reunion. This was Leanne on trial, and everyone was a character witness. <laughs> <laughs> So true. Even uh, Brandy trying to pull out the witness chair. (laughs) I know. It was like an interrogation chair. That was so funny. I mean, it was a stunt, but it was a good stunt. It was a good one. I will hand it to her. I think everyone was just like, what is she doing? And then they're like, oh. (laughs) What just overall kind of thoughts on the reunion? Well, I was really excited for Deandra to share about her company and being able to turn that around successfully. I was really excited to hear all that positive news that she shared. That was great. That was that was the highlight for me, I think. And then um, the Cameron comment to Leanne and them really talking about the intent behind her remark that Leanne should be afraid of her and, you know, like maybe being able to impact her position or place in Dallas society. Um, I thought that was kind of an interesting dialogue that went back and forth because when it was originally aired, I didn't really think too much of it. And then when Cameron started talking about what she meant by it in the reunion, I was like, oh, like you really kind of meant something by that. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was interesting. I did too. I – I mean, that's why the dynamic is so interesting between Cameron and Leanne. I've heard that Brandy has claimed that Leanne has something on Cameron. And that's why Cameron won't be honest with Leanne. Mm, Well, that would make sense. And I can't think of anything else that makes sense because she just gives Leanne a pass all the time. And I don't understand it. I don't either because I really think Cameron should have just put Leanne in her place in the hotel room when Leanne was yelling at her. And I know Leanne was probably being a little bit more confrontational than Cameron's probably comfortable with. But at the same time, she should have put her in her place about the remarks that she made about Carrie then or a lot sooner than she did. So that that would hold true to what you're – you know, you're thinking or saying could be true too. So I also just think that they didn't hold Leanne accountable in the moment because they never thought it would air. And it sounds like she has done bad things in the past that have been not flattering towards her and they never, they got left on the cutting room floor. That's what I took from this reunion. Cause when Andy said, you guys never thought this would air. Did you? Mm -hmm. And they said, no, we never thought this footage of her being xenophobic would see the light of day. So we kind of let it go, probably thinking, you know, no harm, no foul. We're not going to bring this up to Carrie. It would only upset her and none of it would ever get shown. So they wouldn't understand why she was upset with Leanne and all of that. And then when they found out, when producers have said, like, we're using this footage, only then did Cameron tell Leanne that she was out of line mm-hmm. which is disappointing but I mean you're from Dallas do people go go around calling each other chirpy Mexicans no well <laughs> at least not in the circles I run around <laughs> she was like people use that word all the time here in Dallas and Andy goes chirpy Mexican and then Leanne goes well not that one it's like well which one were you talking about just the term Mexican like when you're refer- referring to someone who is from Mexico? Oh. I, I never have and never have I heard, you know, anyone that I run in circles with. I mean, in, in our circles, it's they're Hispanic if you even want to put a label on them. I mean, we generally I don't even put a label on them because, you know, it's there's so, there's a high population of Hispanics in this area. And you don't really think about it, honestly. It's just, you know, another person. It was just very interesting to see this whole thing play out. And also, um, when they talked about the Thailand trip and they talked about the Ladyboy show and the ping pong show and sex trafficking, that was a really interesting argument. And I appreciated all sides of that. 
you know, both Leanne and Cameron talking about how these areas and, you know, these shows, uh, like there's like sex trafficking that goes on. There's, you know, that kind of a thing. And then Brandy saying, actually, these women were older. That's not really the population that's being trafficked. They're working for tips the same way that someone at a strip club is. And, you know, it's a choice and it may not be the best choice. It may not be a, you know, nice choice for you to think of, but it's a choice they made. And it's just this really interesting conversation. And yeah, I, I appreciated watching that air. I did too. It was an interesting dialogue because I looked at it as one way and then to hear both sides discussed, it was like, okay, I didn't really see it the other way. So it was an interesting dialogue and, you know, I don't know, it makes me kind of think about it differently if I was to ever go to a red light district, which I've never been to any in any of the places I visited. I just, that's just not my thing, but it is interesting to did think you, about. Which side were you thinking of originally? That these were women that um, are getting paid to do this. They're, you know, yeah. making the choice to do it, I guess. And so to hear it could be people that are being, you know, sex, sex trafficked or whatever you want to call it. I didn't really think of it that way, that it may not be their choice. Yeah. I, yeah, I think, I don't know if the performers are all, the, yeah, it, the whole thing is very interesting. Um, it's always a interesting dynamic between like choice coercion and circumstance right you know? and, and for age I, I think for me the age is also the other thing that was um something that made me think that it was their choice or initially because i i was under the impression that they were you know of age so and i think they there were i mean brandy was saying they were older they mm-hmm. were not young women they were right. much older and so that's interesting as well but you know by participating and by pain you're also saying you support this in a way. And so it's just an interesting, it was interesting to watch that conversation play out. It was. Um, So then we get back, obviously, to the racist comments. And I don't know if it really meets the definition of racist. It's much more like xenophobic because Mexico isn't a race, but maybe I'm wrong. It was just wrong. The comments were definitely bad (laughs) and just and you know based on where someone's from and then their ethnicity it's just a really crappy thing to do obviously um I really appreciated Andy calling out Leanne's lies because she lies like it's going out of style I mean I know and it's like it's like does she believe her own lies like when she said they said well you know this happened four months ago and you just were finishing up taping your confessionals and you're defending yourself in your confessionals. And you had four months to apologize to her. And she said, well, we were told not to speak to each other. He's like, that was for the last 48 hours before, (laughs) before the reunion. That's not, you had four months before that, you know, like that's a lie. Oh, so crazy. So, so crazy. No, I definitely was so appreciative of Andy calling her out on all her BS throughout the entire reunion. But yes, uh, she should have. I mean, I I agree. She should have said something to Carrie, reached out, done something. She's just so confident in her lies that it's it's scary. (laughs) So I'll tell you an interesting story. I am on a Facebook group of fans of Bravo shows. Many of the listeners are probably part of this group as well. Leanne happened to be part of this group with her like personal Facebook page because many people in the group were big fans of Leanne on the show. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, she thought they were her people. Well, when this all happened, the group, which leans heavily liberal, uh, said, Leanne, this is not okay. And in order to make it right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to hold a fundraiser for Racist Texas, which is an organization that's doing a lot of work with migrant children on the border and migrant families, not just children. And we all donated money and Leanne was asked to match it within 48 hours. And she said that this was, she was being held ransom. She was being extorted. (laughs) I mean, like, we're talking about a couple thousand dollars here donating to 
a charity that does incredible work. And so they said, you know, she didn't end up paying. So they ended up kicking her out of the group. Now, she was replying to almost everyone's comments on this thread. I mean, it was insane how much time she was spending. I spent about 40 minutes reading this thread and was like, I can't keep doing this. This is a waste of my time, (laughs) you know? Oh, my gosh. But I just got so into it because I was like, how does she have time to kind of go this deep and find everyone's comments with her? And then on the episode for the reunion, she was talking about how she spent so much time talking to people online. And I thought, do you have people in your real life? Mm. And that's sad. It is sad. She used to have Deandra. <laughs> and then if, if Deandra thinks she's racist, why would Deandra have Leanne be her best or her maid of honor at her wedding? It is interesting, isn't it? You know, did she always think this or did she decide she was racist after they stopped being friends? I don't know. I don't know. Their whole friendship is such an interesting dynamic to me to begin with. It was so, they're so opposites to begin with. It was really interesting to, when they were friends and getting along on the show, I always found them to be an interesting, like, that they were both so close and they were friends for so long. I never really understood the dynamic there. I think Leanne just likes to be around important people or people she thinks are important in sort of that charity circuit world. And I think Deandra fits in with that world, but doesn't care that she fits in. Right. You know, she's like, yeah, so I'm whatever. I do charity. I, you know, come from a wealthy family, but I'm still Deandra and I'm still like silly and weird. And, you know, that doesn't define her, but since Leanne has never been part of an in crowd, I feel like she's just constantly yearning for mm-hmm. for that. No, so. I think you nailed it there, and you know, I, I I appreciate the fact that Deandra's kind of shown us that while she has money and she runs in um, these circles of people that are in charity work and whatnot, she also has been more herself, I think, as the seasons have gone on and showing that, you know, she's got this like fun side, loose side and wild side to her too, which I find really entertaining. Yeah, I find her very entertaining too. If you could keep, if you, if you were the Bravo producers, who would you decide to stay for next season if it comes back or would you decide to cancel it? You know, that's kind of interesting. I know there's been rumors that it could get canceled or not renewed. So I, I, I would definitely keep Deandra. I love her and I enjoy Stephanie and Brandy's relationship, but I definitely love Stephanie. And um, I think Carrie deserves another season, even though I know a lot of people probably weren't big fans of hers. I, I just would like to see her in another season where maybe Leanne wasn't on there just to kind of like see a, a different version of her. I feel like it got so wrapped up in her wanting to call Leanne out on everything that that's kind of always saw of Carrie. Mm-hmm. What about Cameron? I could go either way on Cameron. Okay. What about yeah. you? I, I think Cameron and Stephanie's, whatever their situation is, at least there's conflict. And True. so while it's annoying conflict, I would want them to go into a new season and like force them to do things together and see how it goes. Um, hopefully, I mean, Cameron is a bit of a badger. She won't let things go. So hopefully she would let that go and we could see what their relationship would be like. I also might be interested in seeing Stephanie without Brandy or Brandy without Stephanie, even though I like their friendship, maybe mm-hmm. having one of them be a friend of, mm-hmm. you know, and then I think Deandra and let's bring in, I mean, I think Leanne just needs a timeout. Yes. Maybe not forever, but certainly for right now, because she seemed to think it's almost like she's upset that she was caught doing these things and she used to be a fan favorite and she was hoping that, I don't know, that things like this wouldn't happen to her and people wouldn't turn on her or there was no way they could turn on her. And I don't know, there's more to life than just the show and the things that she's done, I think really hurt people and, and she needs to take accountability for the first time in a long time. I agree with you. You know, I really enjoyed Leanne at the beginning of the season, and I was really disappointed in her at the end of the season. So she does probably need a timeout. It's hard when 
it's she's exhausting how much she talked about the pain from her childhood. And I understand when you go through therapy and you know, you understand why you behave the way you do, but you don't need to explain it to every person you come in contact with. Oh, I know. You know, like I'm a bitch because my mother abandoned me as a child. (laughs) (laughs) You could just stop being a bitch. (laughs) No, I totally agree with Brandy. Every time she calls Leanne out on it, I, 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 I totally agree every time because it's, it always comes back to that. It's just weaponizing trauma, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of almost diminishes her story by how often she says it and not using it in a way that I think is useful. I know. Uh, well, what are your predictions for, you know, I guess Vanderpump Rules and any other shows that are coming up on Bravo for 2020? Any predictions well, I- on Salt Lake City? Oh, I am excited about Salt Lake City. I'm excited to see um, how the women in that area live. I've read that they really ha- are like self-made. Um, I don't know. Ooh, millionaires. Like Salt Lake City. But, yeah. But just self-made. And I'm interested to see the dynamics in that area. I've never visited that area. So I'm just really interested to see what it's like, you know, what the culture's like, what it looks like up there. I'm just really excited. Yeah, no, I'm like thrilled. I'm so thrilled. I'm so interested in like the LDS church and who's a member and who's not and everyone gossiping about each other. <laughs> yes. And I'm really, did you see that they announced the Shaws of Sunset premiere date as in beginning of February? So oh I'm my excited. God, I didn't hear that. Yeah, I, I can't remember exactly what the date is, but it's beginning of February. So I'm really excited for that to come back and see what this drama is with MJ and her husband and... He Reza. trashed like Reza's like backyard yeah. or something. Yes. So. Oh my gosh. Well, tell everyone where they can find you on social media and your podcast. Yes, absolutely. So you can listen to our podcast, Bunch of Mom Sense, on any podcast platform or our, our, our website, which is bunchofmomsense.com. And you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Bunch of Mom Sense. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mandy, for having me. I enjoyed it. Yes. Heather, have a wonderful week. And we'll keep uh, DMing each other about the season as it goes on because I love hearing hearing your thoughts. And let me know if you hear anything about what's happening with Dallas. You know, guy, you're in the ground. You're in the city. <laughs> I will. The girl that does my hair can sometimes give me some gossip because she's got some connections to um, Brandy's husband through her Ooh. husband. Oh, this! So. I love this. This is so fun. <laughs> okay, keep <laughs> next time you get so your if hair I hear done. Anything, yes, I'll let you know. <laughs> Have a good one. Thank you. All right, so you much. too. Thank you. Okay, bye. If we go to page 11 in the presentation, you'll see that <laughs> you'll see we're on target to meet our quarterly. <clears throat> Some things never change, like nobody can resist <laughs> popping plastic bubbles and Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. As I was saying, we're on target to meet. Excuse me, um, Miss Miss Hansen. Sorry, almost done. <laughs> 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.